Hello and welcome to the Todd Hicksonball Experience. I'm that guy, Todd Hicksonball, and I'm going to be your host today. I'm so, so grateful that you've chosen to join me on this journey, this experience. A couple things that I wanted to put out there before we get into today's episode is we have a newsletter. It's called the Experience Newsletter. You're going to be able to join that by going to bio.link forward slash Todd Hicksonball. Go to bio.link forward slash Todd Hicksonball, and you can join the newsletter there. And you'll just select one of the buttons there. And what's going to happen is you're going to be able to get all kinds of extra stuff that I wasn't able to cover in the podcast. Make sure and sign up for that because I have tons of fun writing that each week. That newsletter actually comes to your inbox every single Tuesday. And so make sure and go and grab that. The other thing I wanted to tell you about is our The Experience Facebook group. Okay, it's, it's called The Experience. And it's a Facebook group where I put all kinds of free um, documents and guides. And also, I, I, I get crazy in that group. And so um, I'll post things and talk about things and start discussions that maybe I didn't want to have in the podcast. Maybe it's because it was political in nature and I didn't want to upset a bunch of people. But I'll put it in there because I want to have open dialogue and open conversations. Remember, my big thing is I want to have better ideas beat ideas, okay? I want to find the best ideas, and I want to put them up against other things. And I want the one that's the best to come out on top. And so that's a space where I like to do that. And so go ahead, click it. It is in the show notes, and you're going to be able to to do that. You can also search it. Just type in um, the experience um, and go into the group finder on Facebook. You'll be able to find us there. Well, I am so excited for today's episode. And so I'm going to have Garrett play our music and we're going to jump right in. Do we have a responsibility to each other anymore. I remember my parents, my grandparents, and how they would describe and talk about, air quotes, the good old days. And my dad would talk about how in the neighborhood, you know, everybody kind of watched out for each other's kids. And it was kind of like you had seven or eight homes where you could go and everybody cared about you and, and you were you were taken care of. I remember my grandparents talking about how businesses just seem to be more concerned with taking care of customers. You had milk being delivered to your house. You had eggs being delivered to your house. And it was the good old days. People actually cared about each other. We weren't a nuisance to each other. Do we have a responsibility to each other anymore? There's a biblical idea behind this. Um, And it comes from the Old Testament. 
And in the Old Testament, um, the idea of corporate sin was a real, a real thing. And so we see on multiple occasions the nation of Israel stand up. And not only are they asking for forgiveness for their own personal sin, but also they're asking for forgiveness for the sins of the nation, meaning the sins of their neighbors, the sins of the people around them. We see an idea where children even would be held responsible for the sins that their parents created. That's such a foreign idea to us today. Um, Personal responsibility has gone by the wayside. And that's not just my opinion. That that is that is truly when we look at the country, that is what's happening. When we look at the world, that's what's happening. When you look at the this was a statistic. Um, I read this this poll the other day, which who who knows? Polls. But I read a poll of parents who were comfortable with their child walking to school to a school that was within a mile from their home. And the poll was either, yes, I'm comfortable with it. No, I'm not comfortable with it or indifferent. And what I was expecting was that you know, off the chart, it was either going to be indifferent or, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. It was actually slanted in the no, I'm not comfortable. Parents would much rather drive their kid to school than they would feel safe and comfortable with them walking or riding their bike to school. And I, I found that poll to be incredibly interesting. I'm also curious if your thought would be the same on that. But I think it speaks to something that's rather sinister and much deeper than a commentary on neighborhood schools and parents being comfortable with their kid walking to school. It's a trust thing. It's a safety thing. It's a personal responsibility thing. Now you could look at that and say, well, you know, Todd, it's better that way. You know, we don't have kids running all over. Less chances of them getting hurt. It's personally responsible for the parents to drive them to school. But here's how I began to process it in my weird brain, because my brain gets weird sometimes. What I thought about was, oh my goodness. Parents don't trust that the people in their own neighborhoods have personal responsibility themselves. That they wouldn't harm their child. That they wouldn't harm a child. Not just that person's child. They wouldn't harm a child. And the trust factor is so low within our society for other people, we just assume the worst about everybody. And I know it's a joke, right, when we talk about Mayberry and the 1950s and how every neighborhood felt safe and it was good. But what that poll was saying is, wow, we are far from that. Matter of fact, 
We are so far from that. Walking to school is considered a risky move. Do we have a personal responsibility to each other anymore? In a world that tells us that we have to move fast, in a world that tells us that personal boundaries are the number one thing, when we live in a world where fear of being sued, the fear of being in trouble, the fear of being wrong is high. In a world that glorifies the self above all else, it's interesting, this question of do we have a personal responsibility to each other anymore? And the next question that pops into my mind after we ask that question is this. Does it matter? Or has the world been built in such a way today that personal responsibility to one another doesn't matter anymore? For me, I have to go back into the Bible because that's like what I do. And I go into a very tumultuous time in the, in the nation of Israel's history. It was in the period that we call the period of the judges. And it was around 1300 BC, 1200 BC. And it was a very hard time for the Israelites. You see, they had gone into the promised land. Joshua had taken them there. Moses was long gone. They had taken their land, but they hadn't fulfilled the full mission that God had called them to. And what they had ended up doing is they sort of half-assed it a little bit. They didn't clear out some of the violent Canaanites that God had asked them to clear out. And what ends up happening is God uses that as punishment and over and over and over and over again, as the Israelites disobey, as they adopt the customs of the world around them, they become subjugated to the people around them. And God is teaching them a lesson that obedience to him is incredibly important. But that's not the point that I'm wanting to make right now. What I'm wanting to make is usually one of the sins, one of the things that was pointed out over and over and over was that the major sin that the people of Israel were committing was that everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Personal responsibility was out the window. And over and over and over again, it would get so bad that God would punish the Israelites by having a conquering army come in and conquer them. And they would be ruled 
for many years, over and over and over and over again, this happened. And the Israelites would cry out and they would, they would ask for forgiveness and a mighty hero would come and rise up. Deborah, Gideon, all these great heroes of faith. And eventually, that person would die. The nation would fall back into chaos. This happened for 300 years. Until finally, a man named Samuel came along. And Samuel was a prophet of God. He was also the last judge. And Samuel had to deal with a very tricky situation. You see, because they wouldn't listen to God, the Israelites, they determined that the reason wasn't because of them. It wasn't because they weren't, it wasn't because they were doing anything wrong. It was because the system that God had created for them, it must be broken. God's way was broken. And their solution to fixing it was to ask for Samuel to ask God to give them a king, just like all the other, other nations around. And when Samuel heard this, he was grieved. To his very core, he was grieved. And he goes to God and he says, you know, I don't know what to do. And God said, hey, they haven't rejected you. They've rejected me. You see, what the Israelites failed to realize is that God was their king up until that point. Pausing there for a second. Over and over and over again. We think that responsibility, it only matters if it hurts us. That personal responsibility means everything is okay as long as it doesn't harm us, as long as we're not affected. True personal responsibility says the opposite. If it harms others, if it makes the overall good of our community less, then it's wrong. Then it's wrong. Taken to the extreme, it becomes, am I choosing my way or am I choosing God's way? If you believe in that sort of thing. Interesting that humankind, when faced with failure over and over and over again, and clearly it does not work doing things their own way, everything that was right in their own eyes, what do they cry out for? Government intervention. Not only government intervention. A king. Someone to make their decisions for them. And what do they do? They abdicate personal responsibility. They give up 
the right to choose for themselves, to think for themselves. They would rather place the responsibility in someone else's hands so that when things didn't go right, when things didn't go well, they had somebody else to blame except for themselves. Are humans interesting? Isn't sin interesting? I believe that there are many parallels in that story that could be taken to be understood in our world today. I was listening to a podcast and um, it was between these two gentlemen and one of them is a bow hunter and an ultra marathoner. Fascinating person. His name's Cam Haynes. And he was making this point. And he said, you know, people who he works with, he's still, he's funny. He still has a full-time job. He says, uh, people who he works with, you know, they'll come up with all kinds of reasons to tell him why what he's doing isn't this ultra marathon or this crazy running guy. Why it's it's not good, you know. They, they say things like, you know, you won't be able to do that for long. Pretty soon your knees will be shot, your hips will be shot, you'll be having replacements. Oh, you're beating your body up. It hurts all the joints. It's going to mess your back up. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. And he said, you know, it's interesting that they will do and make every excuse as to why they haven't made the choice to run. When the easiest excuse is personal responsibility. The easiest answer is personal responsibility. They would rather not take responsibility for their health. And so they will go to the furthest extreme. He's in his late 40s, early 50s. He has no hip problems. He has no knee problems. Takes care of himself. And it trickles into other areas of his life. And he's taken this personal responsibility upon himself. I know this is a small example. And he went on in the conversation and said, you know, and that, that goes to every aspect of life. When we choose to not take personal responsibility for our actions, for the things that we do, for the way that we interact with our communities and our society, when we simply look to shift blame and find other people, to take responsibility for the messes we've created, you have a pretty crappy society. Do we have a responsibility to each other anymore? What is personal responsibility to you? How are you taking control of your life, doing the things that you should be doing that are right, that are good? How are you encouraging that in your children? How are you encouraging that within your community? How are you encouraging that with the, your votes? How are you encouraging that with your words, with your actions? Personal responsibility is very, very important. And the examples are a lot. There's an interesting book. Um, and this is my last example. It's called Shogun. It's a very, um, very famous 
novel that is probably, eh, it's probably one of the best examples of samurai culture. Um, it was written by an Australian, interestingly enough, who spent a lot of time in Japan. Um, I'm forgetting his name at the moment. I'll put it in the show notes. And it's called Shogun. And shoguns were sort of like warlords in medieval Japan. So when you think of samurai, think of medieval times and up through like Renaissance time period, 14, 13, 1400s into the 15 and 1600s. Kind of the peak, sort of the peak time of the samurai was the 15, 1600s. Um, that's when they, they're, the society had left just being um, a place where a lot of war was happening and they actually were able to solidify what it meant to be a samurai. So they had time to actually think about what it was they were doing. And so I think of, when I think of samurai culture, I, I it's the 15, 1600s. That's when that, that's what you think of when you think of a samurai, that time period. That's when they were at their true height. And in the, in the book, it follows a couple of different stories. But I think one of the interesting ones is really early on. Um, really early on. There's a shipwreck. And an Englishman and a bunch of people from, I believe, maybe Switzerland, maybe something like that, shipwreck in Japan. And when they get there, the big enemy at the time was the Portuguese. And there's a priest who is Portuguese that's there, Catholic priest. And what you see is you see the corruption of the priest pretty early on. And now he's trying to influence the Japanese folks. And you see the honor and the integrity and the responsibility held by the samurai. And there's one story in particular it's stood out to me as I was contemplating this this week. And it's this. At one point, um, the captain who had been kind of shipwrecked and in this terrible, terrible position, um, the Portuguese priest was trying to convince the samurai because the samurai, the, the priest had no authority to arrest or kill anybody. It was up to the samurai, the shogun. And um, he he's trying to convince the shogun to to kill him. And what what the captain decides to do is that he's going to turn everything back around onto the priest and make the shogun question the character of the priest. And in the process, the shogun separates the priest and the captain and his crew, and he puts the captain and his crew into a pit and questions them. And he puts the priest away 
in in the church. And he, he's having a conversation with the two of them, and he sees that he's going to be able to profit off of the plunder that that he could get from this captain from on his ship. And so the profitable decision for him to make would have been to kill the captain, kill the crew, side with the Portuguese priest. He could get the plunder. Everything would be great. But what he realizes is that the priest has ulterior motives. And that if he allows this to go on further, that if he doesn't do something about it, that actually that priest was going to undermine the community that he was a part of. And so he forgoes having the plunder for himself. And he has the priest arrested. And eventually the, the priest, long story short, the priest gets excommunicated from the church for corruption, all sorts of things. And the shogun develops a relationship with the ship captain and all these things. And it was a great example to me of somebody who forwent personal gain for the betterment of the community. Do we have personal responsibility to each other anymore? I'll put the book title, what book title's name is, it's Shogun. I think it's, his name is James Cavelli, but I'll make sure. I'll, I'll put all that in the show notes for you. But I want to transition out of that, and I want to go into a couple of things that I wanted to hit pretty quickly, um, and that's this. Uh, Adele came out with her album uh, this past weekend, and that's a big deal. Her album's called 30. She always goes by whatever her birthday is. Um, she turned 30, which I didn't realize she was as old as me, so I turned 30 um, in the spring, this coming spring. So I didn't realize she was about at my age, so which was interesting. But Adele has had an interesting past probably five years, six years, maybe maybe further back. Um, very publicly, she was married. She had a child. That whole marriage and everything just collapses. Very ugly, very public. Here in the United States, I don't think we heard nearly as much about it. Um, obviously, she's a, she is from the UK. Over in their tabloids, it was it was massive. It was a big, huge deal. And she's resurfaced of late. Um, she's in a high-profile relationship. She's with um, Rich Paul, who, um, you know, Rich is famously one of LeBron's close, um, close friends, all of that. And there's a picture of her at a Laker game from a few weeks back. And she looked great. She looked she's a beautiful girl. And she looked great. She looked happy. She looked back on track. And then this album comes out, and it's a smash. It's phenomenal. It's I'm going to, here in a minute, I'm going to go through some new music that came out. I've, I've really been enjoying her album. So has my wife. She, I played, there's a song on the album called um, I Like to Drink Wine. I was messing with my wife about it. She likes wine too. And so, um, but it had me thinking about renewals and revamping and how somebody can be in a terrible, terrible spot in their life 
And just the power of the story of somebody being at the bottom of just the dregs of, of life and having just terrible things happen to them and how they can sort of rise from the ashes. It's, it's a beautiful story. Um, it's a beautiful story. And if, and if you look at Adele and her life, how ugly the breakup that public divorce was. And, and now you know, she has this beautiful album out, which I will say also, I have a feeling that that divorce and the hardship of being a mother going through that definitely helped in the writing of that album because a lot of those are breakup songs. Like that's a cry by yourself in the car album. I'll get to the music part in a minute. It's a big time cry to yourself in your car album. But it's incredible to me that, you know, she's been able to go through this. So good for you, Adele. Um, love your music. Let's get to music. Let's just, you know what? Let's just go to music. We'll go right to it. Um, so I mentioned Adele. The album is called 30, and it is so good. It is... Adele at her very best. It is Adele at her very best. She, it, 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 I'm telling you, it is go sit in your car and cry. They did that to you. Music. It's really enjoying it. Make sure you go and get that. The album is called 30. Um, another album that came out that I wanted to mention it was by uh, Freddie Gibbs. And let me pull it up really quick. Um, I love Freddie Gibbs. Anytime that he puts out anything, it's not an album, I'm sorry. It is, um, it's a song that's called Black Illuminati. And it's featuring Jadakiss, who's a hip-hop megastar. Oh, it's so good. But the song is called Black Illuminati. And it's so good. Really have been enjoying that this weekend. The Lumineers. Oh my gosh. Yes, The Lumineers. Uh, the Lumineers came out with um, some music. A it's just a three pack. It's just a little three pack. It's called AM Radio, and uh, it's their sound. I mean, they have a they. I love their sound. They're they're some of my they're they're one of my very favorite acts. Just listening to them and and being able to to enjoy um, their music again has been so good. Uh, but I have two that are pretty massive. For you, I could talk to you about French Montana, which most of my listeners, you're not paying attention to French Montana, which is fine. His album that he came out with called They Got Amnesia. If you're into hip hop, you need to go listen to it. It's really good. But anyway, there's two. And I, I must say, I am ridiculously excited about this. And I was not really alive in the heyday of either of these people. Okay. So Sting came out with an album this weekend. It's called The Bridge. Now, if I am mistaken, he's this is already this is an album that's been out. Because it's a deluxe. Let me let me see when that let me see when that came out. Came out. No. I think it's I think it's just a new album. It's interesting that they call it a deluxe. Well, anyway, and it is 
classic sting. It's classic, classic, classic. I have been listening to it all weekend. Make sure that you are listening to this. It's called The Bridge. It's fabulous music. It is, it is, yeah, it's, it's, it is that music. It's that music. The other, the other thing that's major is this. Bruce Springsteen in the East Street, in the East Street Band, an album was released from them, which is, there was a, um, there was a concert they did in 1979 called the No Nukes Concert. And it was a very legendary concert. Lots of crazy stuff happened. I did some Googles. There were some protests about nuclear war. It was the height of the Cold War. All this kind of stuff, okay? It's so good. It's so good. You know, we've only ever been able to really see this on YouTube, but now they've actually released, it's a full album and it's all the best. It's all the best. Born to Run, Rosalita, Thunder Road, The Promised Land, Prove It All Night, Badlands. I mean, let's go. Like, rave on. It is all their hits. They play it at this concert. I'm obsessed with it. I'm so glad that that I've gotten to experience this. I, I you know, Bruce Springsteen. I mean, come on, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. That's what I had for music for you. Um, I'm really excited about Q4 right now. Um, I am hearing rumblings. Kendrick Lamar. He was one of my favorite hip hop artists. He did a concert. Two weekends ago, I believe. And there are rumblings. He's coming out Q1 2022. That is, there's a lot of movement behind that. That's that's actually the date. So I'm excited about that. Music time. It's a great time. This, this year has been a great year for music. Obviously, because everybody, nobody was releasing anything last year. So it's a good time. Finally, I watched Shang-Chi on um, Friday night. I rewatched it. And I know I talked about this on the pod a few months ago whenever I watched it in theaters. But I, what I wanted to, to say is that it is just an unbelievably well-told story. From beginning to end, I was thinking through it through the matrix of, of telling a good story. And it is one of the very best stories that I have seen told on the big screen in a while. And I'm just so grateful that we have that piece of art um, writers, directors, producers did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Well done, Marvel. All right. We're going to be back next week, uh, next Monday. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving this week. Um, and we'll be back with a new episode. Uh, until then, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. Leave us a rating and write a review on Apple Podcasts. Only five stars are accepted, obviously. And um, go ahead and follow us on social media. You can find all that information linked in the show notes. Appreciate all of you. Hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving break. Hopefully you get to eat lots of turkey, cranberry sauce, all the things. Uh, but until then, deuces, y'all. <laughs>